Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you have any cheese at all? No. What <laughs> a senseless waste of human life. Hello, cheeseheads, and welcome to another episode of the Cheese Room Podcast. This is Franco, your host for the show, and today we're going to be reviewing the 3-0 victory against Brendan's boys, Leicester, in the league. One man who's going to be very happy with the result, if not necessarily the performance, is the Harlow Grotrotter. How are you doing, HG? I'm ecstatic. <laughs> Life is great. It's always you know when when you put reputation on the line and tell people how bad Rogers is, and not only does he prove you right, but actually goes above and beyond what you expected him to do. Then uh, yeah, today has been a very very good day. Excellent. I thought you'd be happy with this one. Also joining us um, from up north is Seb Short. How are you doing, Seb? I'm good. Yeah, a little confused by what I'm seeing, but um, I guess all's well that ends well, and we're ending quite well. So I can't complain. Exactly. It's not the journey, it's the destination. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us from his country retreat, it's the accountant, Steve Diver. How are you doing, Steve? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Um, country retreat going on war zone. I think we've had uh, the police ambulances around all afternoon. It's just been kicking off from a local pub. But other than that, <laughs> other than that I'm good. <laughs> but, I don't, well, what, what happened? Go on, this has intrigued me now. Honestly, no idea. But half half the cars in pub car park are all smashed in. Um, <laughs> forensics are there. There's ambulances everywhere. Police everywhere. Was it um, fox hunters against what they called Extinction Rebellion, whoever? <laughs> no, no. Gen- I mean, countryside alliance. <laughs> Ramblers Association gone gone wild. Genuinely, no idea. I just popped up there after the game for quite a pint, and uh, everything shut off and glass everywhere. Forensics taking all their little photos. Police. Um, it's going ask. to be face masks, isn't it? Someone's not going to want to wear a face yeah. mask, and it's all gone south. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did ask barman. I was like, "Can I have a quick take, cheeky takeaway pint?" And he just looked at all the police there, and he was like, Are "You fucking kidding me?" <laughs> I'm sure they yeah. had bigger fish to fry rather than me. Not today, uh, sunshine. Yeah. Not today. All right, let's yeah. crack into it. One quick thing before we do start, I'm just going to give a shout out to um, Ryan Horst, our American f- uh, fan. He's going to be on the um, preview show soon. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Ryan! 
And also, going to get this in at the start because some people do shut off by the end. So if you're listening to this, subscribe to your podcast provider. And if you're not following us on YouTube, please do so. We're almost close to that magical 1,000 number. So please do that. It would be very much appreciated. Right, let's crack into the game. Um, when we saw the lineup today, HG, no change in three games now. Um, it's quite nice to have a bit of consistency maybe. And one thing we must say is it's quite a surprise to see Aurier come back from basically his funeral duties uh, for his brother and uh, back straight in the squad. I mean, that's the major thing, isn't it? Like, I don't think anyone had expected him to play against Newcastle when he did. We obviously saw the picture of him back in France um, in the last few days, but he came back to play this game. So, you know, say what you want about Aurier, you, you can't really argue his commitment to the to the club and to the cause because there's still a good chance he won't be here next year. And so for to do what he's done, um, yeah, I mean, applause, applause, as they say here. It's a uh, it's it's a really big deal. As as for the team itself, you know, I I dream of seeing our better players playing, but I can't argue with the results. So yeah, I, I wasn't massively excited at seeing the the starting eleven today, but they got the job done. Hmm. Seb, what do you think this says for some of the fringe players? There's been a bit of talk this week about basically Mourinho selecting his core group and that players that aren't getting a game now are, are going to likely be shipped out. It's what Mourinho's always done, isn't it? He's always had that core group of 10, maybe up to 14 players that he re- he relies on. Um, mm. And I think he's of the belief that um, if they're 70, 80% fit, then these group are better than someone who maybe isn't quite um, good enough, but he's 100% fit. Um, he's obviously got his group. I, I quite like it. I like the consistency and it'll mean that when these players, if they get a chance, you know, it's their opportunity to take it with both hands. And if they don't, then more than likely they, they will get shipped out. He'll know exactly what, what, what he's seeing on the training pitch and I don't mind it at all. Mm. And Steve, I, I do seem to ask this every week, but do you think this is going to be bad news for Don Bede? He's I know he's kind of He's injured, whether that's true or not, but it just doesn't look like it's going to be good news. Or do you think he's going to be given a chance next season? Um, I doubt it. You know, a cynical man would probably say as soon as he got injured, like a club said, he's out for the rest of the season. And they said mm. that really, really, really quickly. Yeah, so I say this to me, he's probably on the way out to where? No idea. And it's kind of sad he hasn't worked out because I think he's a really good player underneath. Yeah, there were... There are rumblings from the very start about his attitude problem, his kind of lack of willingness to get stuck in. So if they are true, then yeah, fair play, good riddance, Jim. Yeah, it's a shame. He's definitely a talented player, but maybe he's just not going to fit in with... Um, maybe he's not enough of a... <laughs> <laughs> as, uh, as Joe Say made a point of this week. Um, HG, what did you think when the game actually started then? Because, you know, we've we've seen the same lineup for three matches, but it's we've had different formations. And, and today, it's, it was arguably a 4-3-3, Winks and Sissoko, shielding and not really committing further forward much either. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just it. I mean, it was a 4-3-3 but it was a defensive 4-3-3. We were looking to... I mean, I think when we saw that Leicester had three at the back, we were looking to play long balls down the channels. Um, Sun obviously was using the left channel pretty well, but Kane was running down the right to to good effect. And and that's really where the goals came from. Lucas, I think um, both of his assists... I mean, it's <laughs> tough to call them assists because all he did was pass <laughs> it behind someone. But still, his... Pu- well, well, the first one wasn't really to Kane and the second one wasn't really to Kane, but he got there. Um, but they came from wide areas. So it was clear that that was our intention was to try and attack down the wings. Obviously, Leicester had uh, you know their youth team player playing his second game at left back. Um, I don't think anyone's ever been particularly rate, uh, as rated 
Justin, who um, was playing on the right hand side, obviously scored the the first goal for us. But yeah, it, it, it was all pretty much pretty similar to what we've seen previously. Um, I, I wasn't excited by it. I think that you know we're all going to sit here and probably you know be thankful for the results, but it, it was just yeah to me that's that's not real. Like I want the results, but I don't necessarily want long ball football. Um, like I remember John Beck in the late eighties, early nineties at Cambridge, it was successful then, but they were, I don't know. It's just uh, we have better players than that. I don't think we do have better players than that, and I think that is the problem, uh, and and that is what Jose has, has kind of seen. We don't have better players in the midfield. And I think if you... So do ask, you think that he'll um, then try and change things, Seb? Like, sorry to cut yeah, in, but do, do, like, so when, when he gets his players in, do you think we'll, we'll, we'll be a bit more expensive with our football? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I do. I definitely do. I think he's looked at Winks and Sissoko um, as a midfield and perhaps even Lacelso, and just kind of said, just, just, just sit in. That if they go up against Tielemans and and the others today, there's a good chance if they play, um, if they try and take those players on, that it won't come off and that we will leave ourselves open at the back. He's looked at it and said, "You just sit, you don't move." You know, they barely Winks and Sissoko barely broke out of thirty yards away from their own goal, and Lasso didn't actually move forward that much. He's mm. looked at it, in my view with Son and Kane and Mora and basically said those three are good enough to create, to break down the wings, to break forward. And also, you know, as we've seen today, the shot conversion rate is, is the best in the league. So he's banking on being able to outscore an opponent or take one or two, or as we saw today, three chances. And that's it. And yet, it's not what we're used to. And I do think, I think if Ndombele had the right attitude, he would be probably in place of, well, it's certainly in place of one of Winks or Sissoko and we might see more forward momentum. But if you haven't got the players, play to the what you've got, play to the strengths. But you made some interesting points there and I've seen a lot of chat on social media in between the game finishing and doing this pod where a lot of people are saying, you know, it's a result, you shouldn't really care about it. But Steve, the fact that, you know, we we had such a, if you look at the XG today, I think it was 0.7, roughly around there, I've seen two different figures, 0.7 goals, Leicester was 1.2 or something, not much better. But the fact we scored three goals from that and the fact that, you know, two of them were really good finishes from a top quality striker. Do you think this is sustainable to play this way? Because we didn't create a huge amount of high quality chances again today sustainable no but you know it's winning us points at the moment and you know Mourinho's in my view at least doing what he can to get the results um and that's something a potch probably never never quite did yeah and I think you're you're right with the goals you know we we kind of fluked it a bit today because we've we've fortunately got an absolutely world-class striker um hey both of those goals were yeah stunning you know first finish is I think underrated uh, but most, and the second one was was really good, but not quite as good as the one he scored against Arsenal because that was against Arsenal. Um, I think the results are papering over the cracks a bit, particularly in midfield. So if you looked at us defensively today, I thought we were pretty good. Sorry, I think we have to remember that, yeah, maybe our XG wasn't so good today, but obviously for the second half, we weren't even trying. <laughs> so like we really weren't trying to score true. in that second half at all. So, okay, yeah, you, true, you could sit there and say, okay, well, had we really been trying, then it may have been double what it was. Um, I, like, I'm, 
I, I tried to see both sides of the coin. Like, obviously, you know, a three nil win is a great result. None, none of us are going to argue that. But it, it I, I definitely felt like, I mean, I, I thought that with half an hour to go, like, you know, is there something better I could be doing with my time than watching this? And I don't want to feel that way about Spurs, but that's how I felt. Um, and and, and it's, mm. it's, it's, it's a strange feeling. Like, yeah, 3-0 victory is great, but I, I can't remember the last time I really celebrated a goal. Like, you know, because because we're not really going full speed, I feel like my, my attitude towards the club isn't at full speed. It, it's a very, very strange feeling. A point that Steve made, though, where he said papering over the cracks. And that's an interesting phrase because you can take that one of two ways. Because I think we are papering over the cracks. And, you know, I, I came in, it was only a couple of weeks ago I came on and I, I was furious with, with what I'd seen after the Sheffield United game. But papering over the cracks can be taken one of two ways. Is Are we papering over the cracks and actually are we really poor? Or has Jose seen what he needs to do in order to get the results? And if we just carried on the same way as we were under Pochettino, thinking that pretty much thinking we were better than everyone else and we'll just play the same tactics in the, the same way the whole time and maybe we'll win, but probably we won't. Or is Jose saying, this is how we can win the game. I am going to paper over our deficiencies by playing this way and we will win. Yeah, no, I think that's quite possibly. A lot of people are arguing that this is the only way to be getting results because the team is so poor at the moment. And I mean, there, there, there is some argument for that, I guess. It's that he's made us extremely defensively you know, solid. We've had a, quite a few clean sheets since we've come back. And today, whilst Leicester had lots of chances, I didn't really feel like there was that much threat a lot of the time. But it's it's whether this is the sort of football you want to watch or not. I, I think that like we, we we look back to how Mourinho was before when he tried his you know tried to play Aurier as a pseudo winger, and that wasn't working. Right? It really wasn't working. Um, so yeah, maybe mm. we talked before Christmas when we had that good run that, you know, we were scoring world-class goals almost every week, you know, Kane and Son against Burnley and then Lucas at Wolves. Mm. Like we were scoring quality goals and really what is the difference to now? Like we've got some quality strikers who are putting the ball in the net given half a chance, like literally half a chance. So it's, you know, we've never won games under under Jose by by playing really well we, we we haven't we've managed you know if we get the first goal we tend to win I think that's been true for most of the season and so that 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 helps us but it, it's just I don't know like I, I don't expect us to go out and you know to, to actually just thrash teams and to play better than them but it's it, it, again it's this idea of that if the, if this is the plan if the plan is just to hoof it and hope that one of our three attackers can somehow find the corner like you know, I'll do that for fifteen million. Do you know what I mean? It's it, it doesn't seem. Like we're, what are we paying Mourinho for? Like to 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 swear on video for Amazon? It's interesting. I'll bring you some Cheeto comments. Um, Matt Wyatt said, "You can see the progress. It isn't pretty, but it's doing the job." Simon Lafort said, "Don't love the style, but do love the three points." And Al Durant said, "Doesn't take a genius to see that we are much better defensively with Toby than Dyer." looked good today on the counter. Seb, do you think that's what makes the difference, Toby coming in these last three games? He has been impressive. Um, it, just positionally, he just gets it right like all the time. He puts his body mm. on the line. He's very, very rarely caught out. And look, Dyer didn't really do too much wrong. But that's this no. is a good problem. You know, Dyer didn't do too much wrong. I don't think Sanchez has done anything wrong over the last few games. And he, for me, is is... is 
he's the one with the with the ricket in him, if you like. Um, but Toby's been been really good, and those long balls, as much as you, some people might not like them, those those long balls he plays out were. You know they test, and it requires the defence to keep concentration the whole time. And eventually, mm. someone will switch off. We've seen it time and time again with uh, with Toby's long balls, and and they work to treat today. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, I mean, I don't really want to labour on about it, but here's another point. Today, Seb, you pointed this out. We had thirty percent possession, which is the lowest possession Tottenham Hotspur have had at home since records have been recorded, <laughs> which is <laughs> terrible. Of all of our players, the player with the most passes today was Sergio Aurier, and that was thirty-three passes. And there were times under Potch when, like Harry Winks, would have like one hundred and twenty passes in a game. You know what I mean? The ball Ooh, just backwards. Be- every single one backwards no that's true that's true I mean Steve what do you think because I made the point last week that whilst it can be a bit frustrating to not have the ball too much and be defending for a large amount of time counter-attacking football can be quite exciting today I mean did you enjoy it today the sort of the counter-attacking play that we did that we did play I mean I enjoyed every time we scored and I enjoyed every time they didn't score and I enjoyed the result Um, probably didn't enjoy too much in between but, but but I do think we are being a little bit harsh because, you know, what are we, fourth in the league since Jose took over? Mm. And if we finish top four this season, if we, if you know, if they're kind of extrapolated out and if we were to have finished top four this season, I don't think anybody would have had too many complaints given the season mm. that particularly Liverpool and even City have had. Yeah. You know, so... I'd love us to win in a very pretty way, and I'd love to come away from um, stadium, you know, glowing from a from a wonderful, wonderful win and some incredible football. But I'd rather just a trophy in our trophy cabinet right now. I saw a really good point on Twitter this week about you know the way Spurs are playing. Like I, I could see us going to Man City or going away to Liverpool and playing this particular style because those teams right now are better than us. It makes sense. Um, obviously, we've had a lot of home games since the restart against teams that have been around our level, let's say, or maybe higher, you know, with Man United, Arsenal, Everton. Um, not easy games, really. Like, if, if, if those teams are on it, they can easily beat us. So I can understand being a bit cautious in those games. But it's the games that I don't understand it. You know, you, you, people talk about Marino being defensive. Well, when you go to Bournemouth, you don't get a shot on target. That's overly defensive and it deserves to be criticised. So I feel like, yes, it's worked um, and it has worked. I mean, we, we can't sit here and say it hasn't worked. But again, like, do we want to see that every game? I mean, I've often talked about changing tactics, changing formations, changing players based on the opponent. If if what we're seeing is, you know, long ball football against someone who's our level or better and a 3-2-4-1 where you're basically playing five attackers in a line, yeah, like they're, they're both frustrating in different ways. It, 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 it's not easy to to justify either of them really yeah i mean it'd be interesting to see what happens this summer with the, with the with the transfers because a lot again the argument against this which i've seen a lot online is that once jose gets in his own players and that's what he's waiting for jose needs to get in his own players now said my counter argument to that is jürgen klopp a lot of people seem to argue that klopp was backed that was the only reason he's been successful was that he was backed but he came in that first season and got them to the europa league final all right, they didn't win it. It's one game away. But he still managed to sort of improve them and, and put in some decent performances. And they weren't playing negative football. So is it too much to ask that Jose get, 
could have got this team sort of playing slightly more expansive, attractive football. Maybe not, but listening to what what you're all saying, uh, you know, you need to go back six, eight months, probably longer now. I'm thinking in, in terms of a proper football season, but to to the end of the Pochettino days, where we were talking, you know, HG talking about playing the lesser teams and wanting to blow them away, and why are we not playing this brand of football? If we go back to the to the game against Watford, I, that just really it really sticks in my mind so much. I know we got a draw out of it in the end, and that was incredibly lucky. It was so bad. I mean, it was it was probably the worst I've seen us play up up until the the Bournemouth game. Funnily enough, and I'm just trying mm. to think how many games Jose I've I've seen with Jose, whereby he had a full team out and um, kind of wasn't hamstrung by anything. And the games where I feel like we we didn't obviously perform at all are are recent. Is the Bournemouth game and the Sheffield United game. Apart from that. He, when he's had a full team out, he's pretty much got the results. You know, there's yeah, not yeah. too much to look at where you kind of go, "Oh, we should have won that," or "We should have," you know, "We should have should have done better there." You know, pretty much it's gone how we thought it would. And let's be honest, we're, we're basically two results away. If we'd won, I know it's easy to say, but if you'd beaten Chelsea both games, we'd be the team mm. in third and the form team yeah. in the league. So it, it's really fine margins. He, you know, it was a shit show. When he when he came, you know the, the the two months preceding Pochettino's departure were abysmal. We weren't blowing teams away. We weren't going to the lesser teams. We'd stopped playing. So he need, it was ground zero, building up from the start. I, th- I think the difference between the two is that like Mourinho is let's say intentionally boring the pence office. Whereas Pochettino wasn't intentionally doing it, although it was his choices that led to it. I mean, we remember we were playing 4-3-1-2 back then, which has never suited any of our players. So yeah, like, yeah, we, we weren't great, but you know, we were expecting the width to come from fullbacks who didn't have the pace or the desire anymore or the quality to do that. We were playing two strikers, one of which was usually Lucas, who it just isn't a striker, never has been. So like Pochettino, through his own incompetence, made us boring. But Mourinho, th- this is a choice. Now, Seb is right. Like, is he is he doing it to to paper over the cracks that the squad has and say this is the best I can get from the players I have? This is what I'm going to do. It's working. That's great. And we, as, as Seb also said, you know, when if Kane and Son don't start, we don't get results. I mean, that that seems to have been true. We've been massively blessed by the fact that this whole thing has happened. That we had to go three months without a game because it really has helped the club. And when you think that we've got 17 points out of 24 since the restart, I mean, that's that's really good, right? That's over two points a game. None of us are arguing about that. I think we're all just hoping that, you know, when the summer transfer or the whatever autumn seasonal transfer window we're going to have, that we do see an improvement based on how we play. Because I, 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 I like the results, but right now, if this is what we're going to see, I'll just wait till match of the day and watch the five-minute highlights you know, we're, we're, we're going to be the second or third last game. It's going to be one of those easy games. Nothing exciting to report. Spurs won again. Now, like uh, that's okay, but it means I'll have a much much more enjoyable Saturday out with my family than I would be trying to spend two hours here in the middle of the afternoon. But I, I don't know. It's like I, I want to think, I have to hope that over the summer we will get players in so we can be more exciting or just make better decisions because I feel like if we made better decisions, it, I would feel better. You know, we, we get counterattacks, we get chances to go forward. 
And then you, you see, I saw so many times today, like Sissoko plays it off of the Celso shins. They're all kind of in each other's way because they're not really sure. It's it's awkward. I think I think that's just it. You've just made the point. You're exactly right that Sissoko, Lo Celso, Winks, if you want to put him that, they, 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 they're not good going forward. So don't do it. That, and, and there was a time, there was a point in the second half where Winks came forward. He, he, he actually went on quite a nice run over the halfway line, stopped and passed it back because they can't play those decisive forward balls. So, so Jose said to them, just don't do it. Just, we will get the ball by hook or by crook to Son, Moore and Kane, and they are good enough to win you the game. And we've seen it mm-hmm. and that's true. So, you're you're right in in one sense, but wrong in the other. That they're, they're not Sissoko winks, and I mean, I th- I think Lacelso will move further forward once he's got more of a solid base behind him. But as an attacking threat, winks and Sissoko are they're nothing. So don't do it. I I, I have a yeah. I have a question for you all. Right, if we take the eleven that have started the last three games, how many of those do you think would start? week in week out in October when we're a month into the new season maybe eight because I think I don't know we've all got issues with Lucas I think we'd probably think that Bergvine is a better option there I think Sissoko and Winks would definitely be better midfielders but that's part of the frustration and why I keep mentioning Ndombele because there is a player that will play in the middle and will make those passes and will get forward and has got something more about him but I don't really have an issue with how we played today. If that's, you know, I listened to Jose's post-match interview and he basically said, I knew that Leicester had issues in defence the same way that we before had issues in attack. So I just figured that today would be completely defensively solid and then we would go at them and, and in that way we'd win the game. And that's effectively what happened. But it's just odd seeing Spurs with nine players on the edge of the box defending. And really today, the difference between today and a few of the other games was that we were just a bit more... Uh, decisive and effective going forward and after slagging off Kane last week <laughs> saying that, or the, in the last pod saying he didn't play very well it was quite ironic that today he had a really good game Steve were you impressed with him um, James Capon said I just wish Harry Kane could score under Jose which I think is a bit of a sly dig at Merson but you know he's he's banging in goals still and today that you know he was he was really good in Sun as well making mm-hmm. lots of sort of good runs wasn't he and setting them up as well yeah, the, the amount of times that he comes deep, collects the ball, shields it, holds the ball up, and plays somebody else in. Usually, usually Sun, um, almost never more um, for some mm. reason. Yeah, it's just phenomenal. And that pass that he played in for Sun's non-goal. Start of the second half. There's one start of the second half, the actual, the own goal as well. Yeah, yeah. Start of the second half, he played that sort of reverse pass, didn't he? Yeah. Which was just beautiful. I think it was, it was just, just past Morgan and Sun un fortunately fell over but I thought that was <laughs> phenomenal but it's, that's the thing when you see Kane on his on his absolute game he, he's just truly truly world class isn't he he is but can I ask you guys a quick question mm. so jump with me in, a, in my my little uh, time machine we're going to go a year into the future okay. and we're all sat here on a pod and we've just won the Europa League and the FA Cup are we going to be whinging about the fact that it was a bit dull at times? <laughs> I don't think so. So, like, I get, I get the whole stuff about you know playing, playing with style, and you know all the upbeat stuff that comes out stadium before the game about how you know we're kind of swashbuckling down the wings. In truth, we haven't really done that for a couple of years. Um, no. And they didn't really get us anywhere. Well, got us nowhere. Um, mm. It's lovely to watch, but didn't win us anything. Although arguably, probably should have done. 
So if we have to have two years of boring football and we end up winning something, I will take that. I will take that every night of the week. The problem is you're talking to HG. HG watches a lot of football because he enjoys football. Um, also in these review pods, we don't just want to generally talk about it. We like to analyse the game and it's, it's really difficult, isn't it, HG, <laughs> it is. when it's fucking boring football. That's yeah, I mean, I, I, I can sit here and talk about Leicester if you want. <laughs> because, I mean, the, the thing is, like, obviously everyone knows my dislike for Brendan Rodgers, right? So let, let me have my little rant right now. Um, Leicester... Played in the week against Sheffield United. Sheffield United have done really well this season. Leicester battered them, right? I think they won 2-0, but it could have been 5. Absolutely battered Sheffield United. They finally went back to their 4-2-3-1, somehow formation that has got them to where they are in the league. They played a kid at left-back who seems to be the best left-back they have. So great, play him. That makes sense to me. And then what do they do today? They show up in a 3-4-3. It blows my mind. I mean, Ryan Bennett, I, what the heck? I mean, I'm happy, obviously, but from a Leicester perspective, you've watched your team play well, probably one of their first actual good performances in months, and you change it up to play against the team that you know are going to sit back and defend. I, like, wh- where is the value of going 3-4-3 against a team that only has one striker, especially when you have mm. central defenders that aren't comfortable coming forward with the ball? Like it worked for Chelsea and it worked for Spurs a few years ago because we had centre-halves that could do it. But Wes Morgan is a clogger. Johnny Evans is slightly better. But I mean, Ryan Bennett is barely a Premier League player. So it, 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 it's, it's, it's strange to me. I mean, I'm, I'm very grateful that Rogers proved me right by being an absolute cretin. But it, it's just, I, I don't know, like it, it, it felt like I was watching someone who, well, I was. I was watching a serial winner versus someone who had won some competition or slept with the chief executive or whatever Rogers did in a previous <laughs> life at Chelsea to get the reputation that he has. Because, I'm sorry, what? It, 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 I, if, I, if I'm sitting there as a neutral, I'd have switched off before it even started because I knew that Leicester was going to lose. Madness. Yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, we were a bit fortuitous because you could argue if that goal didn't go in and like you talked about Bennett, <laughs> Son did like two step-overs and made him fall over. <laughs> but um, yeah, if that hadn't gone in and then the other two chances, you know, Leicester were banging at the door. They had a few good opportunities. And Seb, I wanted to, to basically big up Lloris because I think since we've come back, he's played really well. Stuart Burrows wrote in and he said, I thought Lloris had a great game. Um, it's been a while and I've been very critical of him in the past, so credit where credit is due. I think a lot of people earlier in the season were saying that Lloris might be on his way out, but I think since the, we've come back, he's been really good and today, some really important saves. He has. He, uh, he's been he's been very impressive since the restart and it it wasn't only the saves, um, it was the, the, the timing of them as well. Um, he made crucial saves at 1-0, 2-0 and 3-0. He pulled off, pulled off three you know, world-class saves um, yeah. All at the, the the right time, pretty much after every single one, we went up the up the pitch and scored. Um, and it, even though uh, uh, I never felt the game was get either getting away from us or in danger of uh, you know going the going the wrong way, even pulling off that save at three nil, I think it was from Gray, um, was you know it, it was crucial. You don't want to go into another in, into the last half an hour um, with Leicester with their tails up. So he, he yeah. did really well. He, he was very impressive. Yeah. And another player that kind of nobody thinks is a particularly interesting or attractive play. He's very workmanlike, Ben Davies. 
Uh, Tony McCormack has written in and said, shout out to Ben Davies. Comes in for so much stick, but defensively brilliant again. Solid. He got forward a bit, but Steve, do you think he's benefiting from sort of having a very simplified role, not being expected to get forward and back and do so much? Yeah, 100%. Um, he covers really well. He's not quickest, is he? So I think he gets a bit caught out when he goes far forward. Because yeah. um, when he's when somebody's got past him, he's got no no hope in hell of catching up. But yeah, today he played so well. Um, I was really happy with him. He yeah, defensively he was on point. Um, he covered well, made a couple of good blocks, and he didn't really do much down the right. So I think it's testament to how well how well he played. There's something else I wanted to say in a kind of more psychology point of view. Mm-hmm. If you're a Tottenham player at half time, you've got no home crowd cheering you on. It's the end of the season. It's probably quite hard to motivate yourself for the second half, isn't it? <laughs> um, I know we can talk about that's Jose's job, and they've got, you know, they get paid handsomely to to motivate themselves to play to play to play football. But you know, are we being a bit critical of the second half performance? The thing is, there's a difference between saying that tactically it was sensible, and that's it. If you want to play out a game at three nil, and Mourinho's like, "Yep, just keep it very solid, fine," but. HG's just saying what I agree with. It's boring. Like the second half was boring. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and and that's the point is that if you're paying two hundred quid, you know, for a seat in the West End or whatever at Spurs on a one-off to watch a game like this, to watch, you know, two teams that are at the top of the table, it's pretty dull, wasn't it? Mate, I can assure you, it could have cost more than two hundred quid to get into Spurs today. <laughs> I, I did ask. No tickets, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a shame. The last game of the season, we, you know, we obviously didn't get to, to, to do the normal lap of honour and all that stuff. And Vertonghen's probably last home, you know, experience didn't didn't get on the pitch either. Well, I I I know what we can do to get around that because I've seen it in other countries, right? So like when when Ericsson and Vertonghen and all those players left Ajax to come to Spurs, mm. a random home game at the start of the following season, they come back to say goodbye. So basically, if Spurs have played on the Saturday and Ajax are at home on the Sunday, they fly over, they basically wave goodbye to the fans, and they get the you know the, the standing ovation or you know a round of booze if we've hated them. I don't know what, but like they they do that, and th- there's no reason why Spurs at some point, if it works out, could do the same for for Tongan because he does deserve better than than what what he's got from us. Like um, we just haven't had the opportunity to really say how grateful we are because you know. He joined the club, and we've had eight pretty fantastic years. You know, but but bar the six mm. months under Sherwood, then like the first season, first two seasons, we weren't so amazing. But um, AVB and Sherwood, but after that, I mean, he's been a mainstay of the best Tottenham team that any of us can remember. And so it, it would be nice for the Spurs fans to get the chance to to say goodbye if if he doesn't sign a contract, which Mourinho seems to be leaving open as a possible option. There's some there's some good deals in airfares. I'm sure Daniel Levy will uh, pay the 25 quid on Ryanair to fly him back from wherever wherever he ends up. <laughs> yeah, that's about as far as he'd go. Um, mentioned the other week about player of the season. In the end, uh, Sonny got it. Seb, do you think that's a fair shout? Yeah. I, I guess. I mean, yeah, we've we've all we've all talked about this. It hasn't been a a great season. Full stop, has it? So um, no. it you know it's slim pickings really. But yeah, he probably he probably does deserve it. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, deserves it. I mean, as Seb said, 
Who else would you give it to? I mean, Kane's been out injured. I'm struggling to think of another Spurs player I'd give it to, which is a bit, <laughs> which is a bit shit. But no, but, this is what we said the other week on the pod, though. It's been a difficult season for sort of to say anyone's been consistently good. There's been little patches here and there, but it was definitely between him and Kane. And Kane still scored the goals, and I guess Son has still contributed as well, a few assists, etc. So agreed. But I do have some breaking news has just come through. Go on. Um, got an update on Pubgate. Apparently, apparently somebody got in a fight and tried to use an angle grinder um, as a weapon, which has to be a weird weapon choice, doesn't it? I mean, Mad Max. I mean, first of all, who the fuck is an angle grinder in a pub on on a Sunday night? Also, you're limiting your choices, aren't you? Presumably, I'm not a builder, betrayed, but angle grinders, I'm assuming, have to be plugged in. So you're kind of limiting your radius a bit, aren't you? You just, you just fuck yeah. off. Hang on, hang on, guys. Is there a plug socket in here? Yeah, it's just one over there. It goes and plugs it in. Right. Oh, fuck. He's got an extension lead. Boys, run. Come on, you bastards. Um, so, yeah. So, it looks like he uh, just angle grinded the fuck out of a load of cars in a car park. So, bizarre. Where do I live? Wow. It's more dangerous than the main streets of Stratford, I think. So. Maybe oh. it was the bloke out of the running man. He had an angle grinder, didn't he? <laughs> he did. But one final point we're going to talk about is the chairman's message. I've told you all to read it, so I hope you did. And here's my breakdown. <laughs> Thing is, I've done that, um, some, what's it called? Neuro-linguistic, process, neuro-linguistic processing courses. Saying sounds like it, but you can even pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, and I don't use any of the skills I learned either, but I can I can tell when people are bullshitting me and they're using it against me, which is the only thing that really matters. So the point is, like, you look at it and he kind of set the scene at the start. He's gone, yeah, we spent loads of money at the start. And then we appointed Jose. And it was a surprise to everyone that we were shit this season, apart from all the people that have been saying we haven't bought any players for years and it's all going to fall apart at some point. Then there's a bit of mitigation about I brought Jose in, but then players got injured, so we didn't play particularly well. Then there's a bit of appealing to people's emotions, you know, the trauma of COVID and all that stuff and all the great things they did. Then point out that it's it's normal. Like every team has a bad season every now and then. It happens to all of them. State ambition, promise improvement going forward. You know, we're super ambitious. We're going to be working our hardest to get back. Big up the fans, talk about how they're the 12th man, they've been really missed. And then the final bit, point out that the club shop's open, there's going to be stadium tours and ask for the fans to give them some money. Now, <laughs> HG, am I being cynical? No, you're smart enough to understand that what, what Levy's... Well, the thing is, like <laughs> Levy's been like this forever. When Levy talked about not not affecting the transfer, the stadium wasn't going to affect the transfer funds, everyone gets all excited and I'm sitting here thinking... Yeah, but we haven't had any transfer funds. We've only sold, you know, what we've spent is what we've sold. So if nothing changes, then we're going to have more of that. So he's very clever with what he writes. And I don't necessarily think Mm. it's cynical. I think you're just smart to understand that, you know, what he writes on one level is super nice, but most people now are able to see through the lines and and, and understand, well, no, like you are right, Levy, that you have spent a lot of money net spend last summer. And you are right that most of them got injured early days and so Pochettino couldn't play them. I mean, that, that, that those are facts. Um, but the rest of it, yeah, like it, it is true that COVID came in and ruined the season. Well, it didn't really. It ruined people's lives, but our season was benefited from it. And a couple of injuries screwed yeah. us over. But as everyone will point out, if you have one striker and that striker gets buggered for four months of the season, 
there's a problem. You don't need to be brain of Britain at a football club to figure that one out. And so Levy, yeah, he does deserve a lot of flack for this season. But I don't think personally that not buying a player two years ago really had an effect on this season. Because the players that we did buy in the last two or three years, people like Foyt, um, they never played anyway. So, like, it, it, it's again, yeah. we talked about this before. Spending badly is one thing, right? But not spending doesn't automatically mean pain. Spending badly automatically means pain. And that's what they've done. And that's what they did last summer because, the, for whatever reason, those players never got a chance or didn't fit the system. Like, if you look at Pochettino's fault, sorry to go off on a rant again, but Pochettino's 4 3 1 2, where does Sessignon fit in that? He doesn't. He doesn't. So there is a problem there. Why are we buying players? Like, do you think that's a Pochettino signing? I probably do. But still, like, there seemed to be very little logic to to what we were buying. Like, if we're buying Jack Clark to loan him out again, okay, that's clearly one for the future. Lacelso clearly was probably going to be one of those three in midfield. But it's just, I don't know, like... Levy will say what Levy says and some people will just automatically see it as nonsense and others will maybe read it and try and figure out what he's actually saying and I think you're pretty much spot on there Franco that you, what, what, your your analysis was much more succinct than mine <laughs> thanks Seb any comments it's just very non-committal isn't it as well looking to the future he doesn't say anything I, I read it I, you know you can take however long you want to analyze it, or you can just go, well, it's the same old shit that comes out pretty much every year. We know everything that he said, he's got some points and, but it's just, it's just like a buzzing noise. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't mean anything. Um, Yeah. I don't care what he says really. You know, um, unless he comes out and says he's selling really, it doesn't matter what he says, does it? That would be a great end to the Amazon series. If he sells up, can you imagine? Or no, or Levy, buys out Joe Lewis and says, right, I've got enough money now. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna somehow make somehow add the debt to the club so I can buy the club and you don't have to worry anymore, Joe. It's all mine. That would be an ending. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Steve, do you think it's gonna be um a make or break summer? It's, you know, there's a lot riding on this, but a lot of people are sort of saying that Joe needs to get his players in. I think if there's any indication that he's been let down by Levy, I think there's gonna be a lot of there's going to be a lot more planes, actual planes, flying over the stadium next season. Well, HG said it perfectly. So if you look at it over the last five years, we have our net spend is about the same as Liverpool's. It's mm. either a million above or a million below, depending on what, what figures you believe. So it's spending money wisely. Like, you know, we, we don't need to spend a huge amount of money on this team. We just need to buy the right players and get rid of the right players, which is all what Liverpool did. Um, yeah, I mean, Liverpool did have a big financial boost of Coutinho, so which now allowed them to buy a few better players, didn't it? Agreed, agreed. But, yeah, they didn't They didn't need that investment. They just bought, they identified their weak areas and they basically went and bought the best players they could for all those areas mm. rather than, you know, as HG very wisely said, as per usual, you know, a player who may be very good in Ryan, but... Is he going to play for us? Where 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 does he fit into the system? You know, a bit uncertain. Yeah, it does seem like every window we need to buy like a Clinton NG or a Kevin <laughs> Kevin and Kuda. just to keep people <laughs> happy. Yeah, just so well, just something. just to kind of like be part of the squad and do nothing, hardly ever get picked, and everyone be like, oh, we should play him this week because you know nobody else is playing well. We always need that one player. But I mean, so, 
the, I think the thing with, with the fans is that if we go out and buy Hjoiberg, which it looks like we're going to, right? He seems to be interested in us. We seem to be interested in him. The, if it turns out to be a bad buy, you know that the same old people are going to say, ah, Levy only wanted him because he had a year left on his contract. He was cheap. It wasn't Mourinho's buy because they, they just hate whatever Levy says or does. If it works out badly, it's Levy's fault. I mean, I saw people yesterday, mm-hmm. Arsenal were in the final FA Cup. They won a game. And that's somehow Levy's fault. I'm just, I, it blows my mind. Like, I understand that you're not happy with the fact that other teams are in a position to win trophies. But, you know, as much as you may dislike the bloke, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. But, yeah, it's, oh, go on, shut me up. The big point will be, and I get both sides with it, it is Levy's fault, it's not Levy's fault. The only evidence we've really got of Levy is, is under Pochettino. So, Let's see what happens with Levy working with Mourinho. If there's acquisitions that are blatantly Mourinho acquisitions, then no, no blame can be put at the door of, uh, of Daniel Levy. But p- people will just complain that he didn't do that for Pochettino, right? I mean, that's just it. Like Some people will never be happy. That's the problem. But Yeah. So the, the, the one thing I'll say is we don't know what the fuck goes on in the club. And nobody does. Nobody on Facebook who mentions a load of bollocks about in the know knows. And like the only thing I've heard that's ever been from relatively credible people and discounted because what do I know? Is that there was money to spend during the period we didn't spend money. Yeah. And is that Levy's fault it wasn't spent? Is it Poch's fault it wasn't spent? Who knows? But apparently there was money there. And we just don't know what goes on in the club, nor should we, because it is a business. And if they divulge everything they're doing, you know, that's just completely inappropriate and it will screw them in the market. Why, why the Amazon documentary then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> so, hmm. yeah, fair point, fair rebuttal. So the Amazon documentary is not going to go through the finances and it's not going to go through, Yeah, you know, I guess it'll go through who we could have signed and it's probably going to open up. I don't really know what to say now to you. That's a really good rebuttal. But I, I do think, you know, we're, we're never going to know quite what goes on in the club. Yeah, all the Amazon stuff is going to be edited. Anything a club don't want going in there is going to be edited out. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is you get a general idea that we're after a player through the press, something gets leaked, whatever, uh, you know, uh, one of their agents might leak something, but you never really understand the real reasons why it doesn't happen or why they go to a bigger club. Normally you can figure they go to a bigger club because they're going to get paid more money and I can accept that, but it's, yeah, certain fans can't. Anyway, right, let's wrap it up. We've got Palace next weekend, last game of the season. HG, give us your predictions, please. (laughs) 1-0 Spurs. Every time we play Palace, 1-0 Spurs. (laughs) Pretty much. Seb, what do you think? Uh, 2-0, I'll see. Okay, Steve. I'm seeing a bit of a pattern here. 3-0. There we go. One-upmanship, as they call it. (laughs) Didn't say who to, though. I'll go four. (laughs) I'll go go goal bonanza, 4-0. Right, Cheeseheads, thanks for listening as always. And um, don't forget to subscribe and all that stuff. HG, thanks for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah, it was great again. Top stuff. Seb, thanks ever so much for joining us as well, mate. No problem. Thank you very much. It's been at the expense of one of your articles this week, so apologies to the people that enjoy reading those. And um, Steve, thanks for joining us from the countryside. Don't go down the pub and uh, get in a fight with a bloke with an angle grinder. I was just going to say I'm off to get my angle grinder back, so I'd log off. <laughs> Imagine that. Some bloke did come round earlier and say, do you have an angle grinder? And I go, you think twice about it. <laughs> I'm putting two and two together now.
Exactly. It's like, Steve, your village sounds a bit like the Detectorists. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever seen that show, but it does seem uh, very, very odd. Is it one of those ones where there's like a village of 500 people, but somebody dies every week? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not quite Midsummer Murders, but if you haven't seen, to anyone else who's listening, if you haven't seen Detectorists, it's a brilliant show. But yeah, what Steve has just described reminds me very much of it. Mm, see, real life. Right. Until next weekend, we'll be back with the uh, review show of the Palace game. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.